the Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. Is this the greatest music video of all time? It's one of them. One of them. But anyway, aha, bringing us in. This song always reminds me of Deadpool 2 for some reason. But uh, the acoustic version. But I'm Major Lizer with Jake Hatch. Alex behind the glass. Big thanks to the Utah Jazz Fan Show and to Eric for producing it as uh, Ryan Van Dorn had us in studio with him to a live version of the Utah Jazz Fan Show. That was the fastest hour of radio I've ever been a part of. And we only took one break in the entire thing. And it was like 30 seconds, and we just got right back into it. But it flew by. You're right. It was a lot of fun. So, yeah, if you if you heard our voices and you're probably wondering, why are you guys back on? Well, guess what? Now it's our actual show that we're should doing. Should we have here. Ryan come back up? We I'm should. Sure his car and no, we got to have him back on more often. Yeah, that was simple. a lot of fun. Uh, the Utah Jazz Fan Show, of course, brought to you by TryDayTrading.com and uh, good friends of the station and uh, had us in live today. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, no. it was good. So uh, now it's the Saturday show uh, from uh, 1 to 4. We're excited to be here. There's not a lot to talk about, Jake, so should we just throw it back to national radio? And <laughs> no, we got plenty to talk yeah, about. Yeah, we got plenty to talk about. They're talking about the same stuff we're going to talk about. Yes, um, the NBA is wild. It is crazy. We're going to get into that. But uh, how's everybody doing today? We ready? Uh, we've got uh, the Fat Daddies. His band is playing later today in Murray. Check him out on Twitter. Well, who's he? I don't That's mean, Alex behind yeah. the glass. Okay, Follow just, him. I mean, it's like, make sure we acknowledge who we're talking about, Alex. It's uh, it's twenty four seven Lundy on Twitter, right? Yep, that's if, it. If you want to go fill up a backyard and watch his band play ska music, go follow him on Twitter, and he'll hit you with the details. I don't blame you if you don't want to come. Hey, I like ska. I'm into ska. Oh, I do too. I think it's fantastic. Wait, what I do just, you play? Uh, I play the trombone and sing backup vocals. Nice. Do you have original music? You just playing Saint Paris and. We have a song, one original song. We're working on others, but right, yeah, we're cool. doing a handful of other covers. Very of cool, very cool. More popular ska songs. Very cool. That's awesome. I, I hey, good on you. Because I'll be real. I come from a very musical family. My 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 mother and my grandmother taught voice lessons for years. I am awful. I am terrible at singing. So to hear you doing stuff like this, it's awesome. Because I have a big time respect for people who do it. Because like I said. I'm 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 horrible at it. All right. To be a, fair, so am I. Give no, us a couple bars, no, Jake. Not doing it. I'm not. Come on, you're better than PK. No, I'm not. That's the thing. And I'm, I'm not. I'm not as bold as PK to be like. You know what? I'm just gonna croon on the radio f- to hell with it. That's <laughs> just do it. What's your favorite song? I'll have to think of something. We'll come up with something later in the show. Sing some aha for us. I, no, I'm not singing aha. Ah, uh, but we got a good show to you. Hopefully, we've got a couple guests lined up. If not, uh, we'll let you hear from some of the uh, voices on the Zone Sports Network from earlier in this week. Um, we've also got five minutes of soccer with Jay Catch. I'm getting in on this one because it's a big event. Let's get tomorrow. it together, USA. Yeah, it's true. USA tomorrow. The men are in the Gold Cup. Whatever. Who cares about that? But the women are in the World Cup final. A feat that the men's side could never even dream of. And the the women are. A one match away from bringing home another World Cup title to the United States. So, yeah, pretty cool. We'll get into that. Great match against England. From best celebrations to uh, fractional offsides calls to incredible PK saves. I'm excited to talk about that match as well. We'll get you into what the RSL is up to as well. But let's start here, Jake. The NBA drops a bomb on the news world last night. You're in bed already. You're asleep. Mm-hmm. I'm up. I look at my phone. Everything's exploding. Kawhi Leonard heading to the Clippers, and not only that, he's bringing Paul George with them as they facilitate behind closed doors. No one heard a peep about this. 
not even I have not even heard of Paul George being available, and uh, he decides he's had enough for Russell Westbrook. And uh, the two California guys are going home. One from Fresno, one from Riverside. Riverside. Mm-hmm. They're heading to SoCal to play for the Clippers, who are now the number one odds-on favorite to win the NBA title. But uh, my initial reaction was jaw to the floor mm-hmm. and uh, glad that he didn't end up a Laker, but made the Clippers now amazing with Paul George heading that way. Yeah, I – so I went to bed at 9, 9.30 last night. I'd worn out. I got two kids Parent and whatnot. Life, am I right? Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, you know what? Everything I've been reading, it says that Kawhi's going to decide tomorrow. Okay, whatever. I'll wake up, and maybe we'll see what happens tomorrow, and we'll talk about it on the Saturday show. My son uh, starts squawking about 7 o'clock. He's up. He's ready to start his day and whatnot. Does he squawk? Uh, he he likes to talk to you. Like Also, that. happy birthday to your son. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Last yeah. Saturday was his yep. birthday. We had his birthday party. Uh, he likes to he likes to babble at you, essentially, to wake wow. you up. He's across the hall in his room, and he's babbling. So I, I wake up, I, and I... Go. I take. I grab my phone and I look down at it, and it's got the ESPN notifications. I also have some. I have Woj his notifications as well as Shams on my Twitter that pop up, and all of a sudden I see there's 20 notifications from Woj and Shams. I'm like, what happened overnight? I click on it and it says the the Los Angeles Clippers are signing Kawhi Leonard, followed immediately with Paul George is being traded to the Los Angeles Clippers, and I went. Holy smokes. My wife, who was kind of half awake at the time, was like, "What? what's wrong? I'm like, oh, nothing's wrong. It's just the NBA. The Clippers have just become like a, they've become the team yep. to talk about. And I was stunned by it. Like, I, I missed it by a full eight hours, apparently. But still crazy to think that now the Clippers, yeah, 3-1 favorites to win the NBA title. But in all reality, probably should be that. Yeah, they should be. And I, I don't know if they're, they're not this unbeatable no, they're Jugger not unbeatable. Not. No. I think now the now the NBA is just anybody can win this thing. Yeah, which is a cool. This is the first time in a long time we've thought that. Um, I think the Clippers made themselves the favorite when you add. You could argue two of the top five players in the NBA. You could argue it mm-hmm. at least. Yeah, um, I probably wouldn't agree with you, but I would put Kawhi in that top five, and Paul George is very close to the top five. He's second in the NBA in scoring. Kawhi's sixth. First team All Defensive Team. Second team, all defensive team. We talk all the time about the Jazz and their defense and their defense and how good it's going to be. I think the Clippers are going to have a pretty good defense this year. You could convince me of that, huh, yeah, Jake? Absolutely. And their defensive pieces are straight up scorers. Paul George is twenty eight points a game last year. Yeah. That's elite, elite, yeah. elite. So they they are the favorite, yeah. but I think I don't think they're by all by any means unbeatable. I don't think any team's unbeatable. Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> this could be another year of. The West being by far the best conference and the East getting the title because it's less work. Yeah. On the East on the in the Eastern Conference now for the I mean, who the Bucks, right, are the favorite mm-hmm. now. Maybe the Phil or maybe the Sixers, but probably more likely the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, the Bucks. So the West is a gauntlet. You've got stars everywhere. You've got the Jazz who have put together a roster that can compete with anybody, but mm-hmm. the Clippers, I would say, are probably the favorite right now. Maybe the Lakers in second. And I put the Jazz probably third in the West right now. The one thing, if you're a Jazz fan looking at this, looking at what the Clippers have done, is you got to hope that Playoff P, his supposed alter ego, comes out to play in the NBA playoffs next year. Because Paul George, let's be real, when it's come to playoff time, he has not shown brightest in the biggest moments for the most part. And that'll be interesting to see if he's able to shake that off. Having a guy like Kawhi Leonard alongside you takes 
a lot of the pressure off because Kawhi has now proven, Adrian, that he's he can win titles with not having to have elite talents. And that's and I, that probably sounds bad because when he was in San Antonio, he had guys like a Tony Parker, et cetera, Kevin. And also with Toronto, he had Kyle Lowry and a guy like Marcus Gasol. Mm. But he has proven that he doesn't need to have the elite of the elite along, alongside him to win titles. So that should help a guy like Paul George. But if you're a Jazz fan standing there saying, wow, if they're going to be the favorites, what do we have to do? Well, you got to hope that Paul George doesn't shine, show up in the playoffs, and that makes the Clippers, in essence, a one-man team and hope that you can overcome that. i got to slightly disagree with you about okay. the fact that he hasn't been good in the playoffs because he's been very good in the playoffs in his career. It just so happens against the Jazz, he wasn't. Okay. But well, he averaged the last five years, four years, 27, 28, 25, 28. But where, how many times has he advanced in the West? That's true, but him, him singularly, has okay. he's actually been pretty good. Fair. So, um, but if he plays the Jazz, Joe Ingles just shuts him down. We all know that. That's a that's a great match. But uh, uh, he, uh, I, I think to your point though, Kawhi Leonard doesn't necessarily need that guy, but he has him now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does, and he's an upgrade on Siakam, and I love Siakam. Well, he's also got guys like Patrick Beverly now mm-hmm. around him. Lou Williams is on that roster. Beverly's I, a guy. I he's a guy that people don't like because they think he's yeah, I don't know if he's on your team. He's annoying, but I think he's one of those guys who. Yeah, when he's on your team, I I've always enjoyed watching Patrick Beverly play. He's in games, you know, he's got some gamesmanship oh, going yeah, on. Absolutely. But that's there's guys like that. Oh, the Jazz have one of those guys on their team. So if he was, if Joe Ingles was on another team, Jazz fans would be like, <laughs> would hate Joe Ingles. True story. They if do. and if there was a lot of um, history with that. So uh, I think the Clippers are gonna be really good. You talked about Montrezl Harrell. Mm-hmm. He's uh plays with a ton of energy. He's turned himself into a very good player. Yeah. I was a little worried about him coming out of Louisville because he had he was kind of a feisty guy. He had a, seemed like he was real angry out there, but he's turned himself into a really nice player. Zubots is a great backup. Uh, so, yeah, the Clippers are going to be good. Yeah, they – And that's the big news of the day. We'll get into why yeah. the Jazz are, but the Clippers and the Lakers, that's kind of the big news of the day. Yeah, right well, now. you look at it, and the, the West is now very deep once again. The nice part is you didn't have Kawhi go to the Lakers and make a juggernaut that you're like, oh, great. Now everybody's playing for seconds once again. There's another right. super team. Him going to the Clippers and bringing Paul George with him makes the two L.A. teams, because you have LeBron and um, Anthony Davis playing for the Lakers, the two L.A. teams are going to be very good this year. I still refuse to count out Golden State in their current iteration. You have Houston that still has Harbor's championship aspirations. The Denver Nuggets are sitting over there. Why is nobody talking about us? Because you didn't sign anybody. Let's be real. But they're still a very good team. And they're they, they're rolling everybody back because yeah. they believe they can get absolutely to the and as, as further. A, and they probably should as they I should. Mean, yeah, a, a team like Dallas has upgraded their roster. They're hoping mm-hmm. to make a jump here. But the nice part is here in Utah, the Jazz have not stood pat. They've they've gone out and made their moves. Those have been well chronicled here locally. The Western Conference in the NBA is, once again, the stronger side of this conference, despite that championship trophy residing in Toronto for a year. And the Utah Jazz, I think, are well poised to play in that dogfight it looks like it's going to be in the Western Conference. A team like Oklahoma City probably has now stepped out of that conversation with Paul George leaving, and the reports today that uh, Russell Westbrook is probably exploring leaving the franchise. He's Sounds like they're going to try to trade him before the season. It wouldn't surprise me. you got to tear it down now and and rebuild. But the Western Conference, once again this year, and even more so this year, might be a tougher conference to make a playoff uh, slot out of than it ever has been. Yeah, um, 
<laughs> yeah, I don't. I, who falls out? You can say the Thunder are probably falling out. Yeah, the Thunder but are the, falling the, out. But I the Lakers like. are getting in. Yeah, the Lakers are jumping up. And, and so then you've got the Kings, I don't think are going to make the playoffs, but I think they're going to compete really well. Mm-hmm. Um, the T-Wolves, probably not. They're bad. The Grizzlies rebuilding. The Pelicans uh, got a very accelerated rebuild. And it looks like Frank Jackson and Zion Williamson might be pretty okay. The 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 Pelicans are going to be a feisty group. Mm-hmm. They've got guys like Drew Holiday on that roster. Derek Favors from Utah Jazz is going to yep. be traded there. He's the perfect center, I think, for that team. That's a feisty team. Yeah, they probably don't make the playoffs in my mind. They're probably they're probably sitting maybe that nine ten eleven slot. But guess what? The nine ten eleven slot in the Western Conference could be teams that win forty five, forty eight, and fifty games next year. Yep. And if but if uh, say Zion Williamson um, reaches any part of what people believe Expect, his potential yeah. is, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a t- that's like you think of the Jazz two years ago. Mm-hmm. They got a rookie who was able to lead them to the playoffs. Exactly. So. This Western Conference is going to be an absolute just dogfight night in and night out because from the start of the season here, Adrian, you can't have a bad start. No. Because the ground you'll have to make up is not going to be able to be made up. You can't go on that road trip and lose three out of four. No, yeah. It's, you're talking about the Utah Jazz. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. or any team. Yeah, any way. team. You go on an Eastern Conference road trip that has maybe three or four games in the East over a week. You play that four games right. in nine-day span or whatever. You can't lose three or four of those games yeah. because – the Eastern Conference is where you're going to pick up games. They're going to help you with seeding come playoff time next year. And uh, I said this earlier, but yeah. you can't go into Sacramento where the Jazz often play that Sunday game. Yeah. You can't go in and lose that game. No. You don't come home and play the Nuggets on a Monday night and lose back-to-back, something like that. It's going to be a dogfight. And those little those little blips that come in wins or losses, mm-hmm. like the four or five-game winning streak, yeah, or the two-game losing streak, something like that. Those could play huge implications in the in the uh, seeding. We even saw that last year when the Jazz. I think you know you look back at a couple games, and you think, "Gosh, if they could if they could have got that Mexico City game." Yeah, you know, it was so early in the season, but then you look back, you're like, "Man, that was a tough game to drop." Uh, so it's like you say, it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be wild. Later in the show, we should kind of pick our way too early oh, God. where the West is gonna shake out. But yeah. W- that's going to be tough to do because there are teams I look at that I'm just like, that's a good team, but who am I taking out of the playoffs right. to put them in? And you, and you talk about the Warriors. I'm with you 100%. If it sounds like Clay's aiming for five to seven months yeah. from his surgery, which is well, and December, when, January. And, and they made that move for D'Angelo Russell, and it may just be a, a trade chip for them essentially doing it. But don't forget that Clay, Steph, and Draymond got it done before exactly. Durant got there. So yeah. if Clay comes back at all in shape and at all healthy, mm-hmm. and you give him three months to get back into it, that's going to be a dangerous team that may only be a six seed because they might be behind early. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, the six seeded Golden State Warriors upset the three seeded Denver Nuggets or the four or five matchup, and all of a sudden you've got this is going to be fun. The yeah, playoffs, they so. they you look at what's happening with the NBA. This has been a wild off season, and to be to be real about it, we've only been in it for what a week, uh-huh. <laughs> like in terms of the free agency period. So it's it's been absolutely this, crazy. This is kind of the day we were looking forward to because we the dust is starting to settle a little bit. Yeah, uh, Kawhi. I mean that we can get into the implications of all these guys demanding trades um, in the NBA it may change how things go down in the future. Paul George. Getting himself or Kawhi Leonard facilitating a trade to get Paul George out of a deal, yeah, 
LeBron James f- facilitating a trade to get Anthony Davis traded. Mm-hmm. Like these players are getting other players to trade themselves. Yeah. And the organizations have no choice. Yeah, well, that's the they thing. They have to do it or else it's they're going to be so far behind. When I'll give credit to Oklahoma City. No leaking, yeah. Well, they didn't leak it, but also they got a king's ransom in essence yeah. for it. And they essentially, Oklahoma, what Oklahoma City was doing is they were in essence trading both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to the Clippers. Yeah. Essentially, they were going in there talking to the Clippers saying, we have two stars here. You want both of them. You want them. This is what we need back. And they got five first-round draft picks, four of them unprotected. Credit to them for doing it because, like you said, the players hold the leverage here. Mm -hmm. It's a credit to a guy like Sam Presti who says, okay, I'm not a fool. I get it. You want to go to L.A. Let's make this happen. But I'm also going to make sure that I get something I can use to help rebuild my team. And that's that's good to see from a guy like Sam Presti because there's other GMs out there, Adrian, uh, other basketball operations people in the NBA that would have been taken for a ride and would have gotten next to nothing in return and for, for something like this going down. So mm-hmm. that's a credit to Oklahoma City here just saying, okay, we understand. We're going to cut bait here. We're going to let you go. We understand that you're one year in. They could have played hardball if they wanted to, but in reality, you don't want a disgruntled star on your roster. You want to just move on, get what you can get, and start the rebuilding process. And mm-hmm. that's that's a credit to Oklahoma City. But going back to what you're saying is these players now hold all the leverage. They're creating all of this chaos, but they're doing it in an effort because they want to win at the highest level. And that's, and that's a credit to them. And if they can make it happen, more power to you. Yeah, I, I don't know how you change it because you can't. the players are the talent and they, yeah. they, need, they, they can control everything. Yeah. And so, like you said, actually good on the Thunder forgetting what they got out of it. Yeah. It, we, a few years they might be good again. Who knows? But if they dump Russell Westbrook, it's obvious that no one believes that they can win with Russell Westbrook. No, that's the truth. Paul George gave him one more year, an extra year, and realized this ain't going to work. So, I don't know. It's it's wild. But he may end up on the East Coast, and he'll put up ungodly numbers because he's playing in the East, and he's dunking all over the Cavs and the Bulls and the Hawks. <laughs> Well, the Hawks are actually going to be pretty good. But the Wizards, all these teams, yeah, he'll make an all-star team and people forget. But The Western Conference, it's just crazy to look at. The disparity between the two mm-hmm. conferences is at an all-time high now, I feel like. And we've talked about it in the past being like, there could never be a stronger, like the West couldn't be any stronger than the East than it is right now. I think we just won up that once again. Well, well kind of, but also... The like the Nets in two years are going to be the title yeah, but favorites for but, for next yeah. year at minimum because yes once Kevin Durant is back Kyrie Irving they get that rolling with the Nets that could drag it back east a little. There's certainly this is certainly the most wide open the league has felt in a while in yeah a long time mm-hmm. yeah absolutely I'm with you in that there was a power vacuum created when the Warriors fell apart in the NBA Finals there yep. and before that it was Warriors and then it was the Heat mm-hmm. and then it was you know it was. Wherever LeBron was, essentially. Well, San Antonio for a time there, yeah. too, was was among the elite. So, yeah, it, it does feel like this year that I'm of the opinion that maybe eight to ten teams harbor legit um, NBA title aspirations this year. Well, yeah. only one of them is going to win it, but Legitimate, we'll right off the top, Bucks, yeah. 76ers, mm-hmm. um, Jazz, I think, could get there. Jazz, Jazz got Clippers, yeah. Lakers. Um, there's a bunch of teams that could find themselves in a conference final. You never know. Yeah, and 
I, I like that. I like the fact that we're going into an NBA season this year in particular, Adrian, mm-hmm. where we everybody's going to have their team that they think is going to win it, and you could be right. Yep. That's the nice part. All right, coming up later in the show, we'll kind of handicap the league and kind of pick where we think. We'll go Eastern and Western Conference, who we think is going to be better, who's not. Um, we'll get into – I mean, it feels like it's been two months of free agency, but we didn't really get into what the you and I haven't really had a chance to get into what the Jazz did uh, since last weekend, mm-hmm. and um, also technical fouls coming up later in this hour as well. So that's all coming up here on the Saturday Show. Welcome back to Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. Adrian Leiser, Jay Catch, Alex Lundenberg behind the glass. Uh, we're going to be joined shortly in a couple minutes by Eric Walden of the Salt Lake Tribune. Oh, David Locke. Or David Locke, sorry. Eric Walden later. Oh, my bad. Sorry, I think you said Eric. But sorry, Eric Walden is going to join us later, but David Locke is going to join us in about four minutes here. So uh, that was nice of him. Good work there, Jake. I figured I'd throw out some people because – with the news overnight, it kind of burned a lot of the stuff we already planned to talk about today. Yes, or slash play for you. Yeah, so, so. we're going to get some live guests on. Might as well do it. David and, was on every show almost twice this week. Except for one. Except for, well, two. He wasn't on ours twice either. It's okay. Stopped by Hans and Scotty a couple of times. He did. But, but, it's uh, but uh, big thanks to David for joining us. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, how was your 4th of July, by the way? Mm-hmm. It was great. Yeah. Had a good time. Hung out with family. Did you do a parade or anything? No, I I've had my fill of parades over my 32 years of life here in the state of Utah. There's one parade I go to each year, and that's the Orem Summerfest parade. And there's one reason I go to it. It's at night. It's so much better. It was very odd Fourth of July. The weather was all over the place, but it was nice. And yeah, the weather only hit the t- the upper 80s. I have a buddy who plays softball every year on the Fourth of July. And this was the by far, and I play with him in it, and we just go have fun at the park playing softball. This is by far the most enjoyable softball game I have played with him because there have been other years where it's been 102 degrees outside, and it's been like, okay, this is awful. Yeah, uh, so that was good. Hope, uh, hope everybody had a very nice fourth. Um, hope you're enjoying your holiday weekend. Mm-hmm. Maybe you took Friday off and really extended. Maybe you took the whole week off. Come yeah, on. maybe you extended this whole thing out and give yourself a four-day weekend. Um, and hope everyone enjoyed it. A safe, fireworks safe kind of uh, 4th yeah. of July. I, I didn't hear anybody blowing any fingers off, at least in my, my circle of friends and whatnot, so that's always a positive. Uh, the Jazz right now are in action. They are in uh, NBA Summer League. They are up on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Interestingly enough that they are in the news. 20-17. to 17. Uh, Tony Bradley is leading the way for the Jazz with six points. Uh, Justin Wright Foreman has four points so far, and off the bench, Stanton Kidd and Isaiah Cousins put some points on the board for the Jazz. So I've really liked what Tony Bradley has shown in summer league so far. His ability to just go out and uh, improve that because he, he's a he's a third year player. He's had a lot of development now. He should be proving he's he's one of the best guys on this roster, and it's nice to see him doing. That. Uh, I will say that. I thought his line in game one was a little bit of fool's gold. I thought that um, he has game two and three mm-hmm. much better. Okay. And uh, he has changed his body, and he looked really good. Um, I thought David, on, and he'll be joining us in just a second, but I thought 
right on cue during the broadcast. He's talking about Ivan Rab of yeah. the Memphis Grizzlies, mm-hmm. who is a guy who plays backup center in the NBA yeah, he's played, and gets a lot of minutes. Played a lot and of games, Tony yeah. Bradley had to prove himself against Ivan Rab, uh-huh. and he struggled. Yeah, he did in game one. So I'm not sure. I'm a. I'm gonna. We'll have to see how he does the rest of the summer league, but he certainly improved into game two and in game three, of course, as well. So yeah. So far, I have liked what I've seen. Um, he has shown improvement over the the course of summer league. Justin or uh, Jarrell Brantley. That's what the guy has, I wanted to bring up is Jarrell Brantley. He's done pretty well. Um, and Justin Wright Foreman, he struggled in game one, yeah. and I thought showed up later on as well. Yeah, Jarrell Brantley to me has been the guy that's proven the most so far. The moment doesn't seem too big for him, and of course, this is the summer league. Adrian, we're not. This is not actual NBA, but he's a he's a second round pick. 50th pick, and I, I don't think he's he's proven anything that makes you think, okay, this guy can't cut it. I very much think this is a guy who, who's going to battle for a roster slot. All right, joining us now, uh, kind enough to give a, kind enough to give us a few minutes is uh, David Locke, voice of the Utah Jazz, uh, joining us here on the Saturday Show. David, how are you? I'm far more likely to have minutes for you than any other tandem on that staff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we appreciate that. Yes, uh, we do appreciate. David I and I spend I a lot of nights. I figure I shouldn't. In- I shouldn't insult one staff member. I should insult everyone. All, <laughs> every single other show I possibly could find all at the same time. Just broad brush them all. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, we appreciate your time. What were your uh, initial thoughts with this uh, Clippers deal, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George heading to L.A.? Well, obviously the Paul George part of the deal is the part that changes, you know, everyone's perspective on it because now you have two bona fide stars um, together, and that's been the question the whole time of like, well, you know, I, I felt the whole time that Kawhi had been really honest with everyone. He wanted to go to L.A., and he mm-hmm. had shared that. And then the question was, well, but it, neither situation was very good. So he, what he figured out is a way to make one of the situations really good, and the Clippers are the favorite in the Western Conference at this point. So it's mammoth, um, landscape changing. It's incredible. The Clippers have pulled this off. Steve Ballmer takes over a franchise that is in worse shape than any franchise probably in the history of the NBA. Uh, considering the fact their owner had been taken away from them and mm-hmm. players were considering boycotting games. And uh, they turn it into now, well, you know, it'll be interesting to see what is the premier franchise in Southern California. Were you, when when the rumors were coming out, I, we had heard for a long time that the Clippers were the favorite. All of a sudden it felt like there was a, a switch flipped where, Okay, it's either he's going back to Toronto or he's going to the Lakers. It seems like the Clippers are taking a back seat here. Do you feel like it was almost like a smoke screen put out there to cover what he was trying to do with this maneuver to get Paul George to LA with him? Oh, great question. I think we lost him. That's okay. That was a really good question. Jim. He just had to hang up. He's yeah, done. he was done. He had that much time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, we'll get him on the line real quick here. Uh, I think you might be right though. It might have been a smoke screen. Because we heard for so long that he's going to the he's going to the Clippers, the Clippers, the Clippers, the Clippers. All of a sudden, a week before this is all supposed to go down, it's either he's going back to Toronto or he's going to the Lakers. I really feel like there was part of it was really kind of something got set out there that really pushed this under the radar. I also saw a lot on Twitter, and I don't know how much of this is true or not, uh-huh. but. Kawhi was testing who was going to leak what. Well, there was people saying that. There were a bunch of people that were quote-unquote calling themselves insiders that were putting out reports out there that, well, the Toronto's leaking like a sieve and the Lakers have kept it quiet. Well, guess who really kept it quiet? Oklahoma City, apparently. Yeah. 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 Like, One guy in particular had a rough go on Twitter. But, yeah, the uh, yes. the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, I, I was so shocked when I saw the name Paul George. 
mm-hmm. coming out of this thing. Yeah. Well, and we had heard for a long time that Paul George wanted to go home to L.A. He's a guy who's from down there and mm-hmm. Palmdale, to be exact. But it, it, it is stunning. And you heard David Locke say he said it's just a power shift. It has made the, the Clippers the favorite. Uh, David Locke rejoins us here. David, so I don't know if you heard my question there, but we heard for so long that the Clippers were the favorite for, for Kawhi if he were going to go to L.A. And then all of a sudden, it felt like just about a week or two ago, they really – according to reports, fell back in this race. He was either he was going back to Toronto or he was going to the Lakers. Do you feel like it was a smokescreen set out there to, to cover what he was trying to pull with Paul George going to L.A. with him? I don't have any idea what's going on with all the reporting because I don't know who knew anything and I don't think anyone knew anything. And the people that you know are usually in the know, um, I, I'm just going to go with I don't I don't have an answer to the question because I think it's being answered on a false pretense that any of those reports were accurate, which I don't know. Okay. Oh, that's that's hey. fair. Yeah. Uh, when you look at the Clippers, um, to me, they these two stars not only bring a lot offensively but defensively, and with the guys like um, uh, who's their point guard now? Of course, I'm Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly and uh, their new center and Zubac gets an extension. How defensively powerful can this Clippers team be? I mean, I think they're awesome defensively because if you think about if they get Houston in the playoff series, they're sending Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Patrick Beverly at James Harden at different points in time in a game. That's, you know, and frankly for Donovan Mitchell, that's the, you know, they're going to send Paul George to Donovan Mitchell, Mike, Patrick Beverly at Mike Conley, and send Kawhi Leonard at, at Bojan Bogdanovic if those reports are true. <laughs> and the, um, and so then, I mean, that's, you know, they have an edge in every single one of those from the defensive standpoint. So, you know, they're really great defensively, and Montrezl Harrell plays awfully hard, and Lou Williams brings what he does, which is not elite-level defense, um, but brings his element of things. So, I mean, that team is loaded, and they've got great depth. And, yeah, I think, you know, the Jazz are probably not the elite Western Conference defensive team anymore because of the perimeter defense that those three guys bring to the table. You mentioned it there. The Jazz probably are not the premier defensive team with the moves being made by these other teams reportedly where do you where do you value Rudy Gobert just alone with this defense does he make the Jazz in your mind top five top ten just alone when he's on the court where do you slate the Jazz well, I think we're going to find out this year I mean if Rudy Gobert wins defensive player of the year for the third straight year the Jazz are going to be awfully great because if that would mean we're an elite level defensive team again and he's doing it this time without the help of Derek Favors and it would probably mean that Ed Davis had a pretty solid year because last year the defense was really good when Favors was on the floor without Gobert. Um, but this is going to test Rudy. He does not have a lot of size around him. He doesn't have a lot of other rebounders. He, um, Though that's a little misleading. I mean, he doesn't have Derek Favors to help him rebound, but Jake Crowder is a bad rebounder. Um, and so, you know, frankly, um, Bogdanovich is probably as good a rebounder as Jay Crowder. Um, I'm not sure I think that that's, you know, I think Jay Jay's physical and all this, but if you look at the numbers, his rebounding's pretty terrible. Uh, so I'm not sure. I think that's a big loss, but that's it's a big test for Rudy defensively. Here's what I do think is interesting: the way this is all played out. You know, there was all this talk about Rudy being played off the floor and all of those things. I think in a lot of ways, Rudy has become more uh, a better, more important defensive player. Um, if the you know, if again Anthony Davis for whatever reason is unwilling to play center, and the Lakers just signed. DeMarcus Cousins, I think Rudy becomes more important. For the Clippers, if they unless they're going to go small and play Kawhi Leonard as a five, if they're playing Montrezl Harrell as a five, Rudy negates a lot of what Montrezl Harrell does and can stay near the rim. 
Denver, Rudy Gobert has caused Jokic huge problems and taking him out of his game in a way that nobody else has across the league. Um, you know, Harden causes Rudy a lot of problems, but the Jazz defense was pretty good when they, in this games three, four, and five in that series, and we'll see whether how they play. When they play P.J. Tucker at the five, that presses Rudy a little bit. There's no question. Um, but I think Rudy actually became more valuable with a lot of these moves. It's, you know, the Al Horfords and the Brooke Lopez's and the stretch fives are the one that really caused Carl Anthony Towns caused Rudy a lot of problems. Those guys don't seem to be on the elite teams of the Western Conference right now. That's interesting. Uh, some of the fallout from this trade, David, is now it appears Russell Westbrook and the Thunder are going to explore a trade before the season. Uh, what's the market for a guy uh, like Russell Westbrook right now? can't really imagine what it is. Uh, I talked to Ben Golliver today at the Washington Post. we have got a Locked on NBA podcast coming out on Sunday uh, with him. And I think the – you know, he talked about the Knicks and the Wizards. I mean, you're really just trying to find the worst franchise imaginable that just needs to bounce that will take that gosh-awful contract and take him for $45 million at the end of his deal when he's no longer really a very good basketball player. Um, the one team I think is interesting is Orlando. Uh, Vukovic and Gordon and uh, re-signed um, Terrence Ross, yeah. and they're kind of stuck as who they are. And so they're a little interesting to me that they could probably put a package together uh, with Aaron Gordon and bring in Russell Westbrook and be more relevant than they are. I don't know that they'd be that much better. They would be more relevant. Um, so that's one package I think worth possibly happening. But otherwise, if it doesn't happen pretty soon and Russell Westbrook has another season that's as bad as it last year, he's untradeable and the Thunder are stuck with him. Do you feel like the Thunder, in terms of what they got back for Paul George so far, they got about as good of a deal as they possibly could have gotten in your mind with those five picks, et cetera? I, I think that's a good way to say it, Jake. I'm not sure I buy this that they got a great package and you know, a huge haul. And I think a lot of those times that turns out to be a whole lot of nothing. Um, a lot of these, you know, it's really hard to make the league and these draft picks that we are all very excited about by the time it comes around. You know, it's just, you know, the Jazz traded a really high pick to get George Hill for one year, and that's kind of defy. You know, you're not supposed to do that. And so it's Torian Prince. Torian Prince is nice, but, Mm -hmm. like, it wasn't – I don't think the Jazz would have drafted Torian Prince, but, like, who cares, right? Like, that's a replaceable piece. Yeah. So I kind of feel like the Hall is a bunch of really replaceable pieces unless something weird happens. Um, And, you know, that's fine. I mean, that's what they had to do. Shea Gilgeth-Alexander I do like. I think he could be really good. Um, and I do think the Clippers, you know, Danilo Gallinari was great last year. So that's a big loss for them. It's not big enough loss that it negates uh, picking up Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. But in regards to the Clippers being way better than everyone else in the Western Conference, I could make a pretty strong argument that Danilo Gallinari's offensive season last year was equal to that of Paul George's offensive season last year. And so, I mean, defensively, Paul George is better. But it's still it's not as though they added two star players to nothing. They added Kawhi Leonard. That's a huge deal. But they added Kawhi Leonard, kind of the eighth-best team in the Western Conference. Um, not as though they added Paul George and uh, Kawhi Leonard to the eighth-best team in the Western Conference because giving away Gallinari is a lot. Um, and Gallo, you know, Oklahoma City might be a little better than we're giving them credit for just because Gallo is really good if he's, if he's healthy and he's engaged. Uh, whether he stays engaged with Russ around will be interesting to see. 
Uh, David Locke joining us, Utah Jazz play-by-play radio voice. Uh, David, obviously the Lakers were hoping to land Kawhi. Um, do they have enough to make this a good run with LeBron, Kuzma, and uh, obviously Anthony Davis and the other cast of guys they've brought in? Well, it was really nice of them to help us all out by signing to Marcus Cousins and Rajon Rondo today. <laughs> right. So I appreciated that by the yeah. Lakers. That reportedly happened today. And mm-hmm. um, I sincerely appreciate the Lakers doing that to become less good. Um, <laughs> I would probably just off my instinct, take the Lakers from about third in the West to fifth in the West with those two moves. So mm-hmm. I think that's good for the Jazz. Um, and they just added an awful lot of drama in that locker room. And now it's veteran drama and it's guys that maybe – you know, DeMarcus has been humbled by everything he's been through, but he's still playing on a one-year contract, and Rajon Rondo is still Rajon Rondo. So I don't think they're better because of those two moves in any way. I kind of joked that I, our best hope was that Rondo went to the Lakers and Cousins went to the Clippers. Uh, you know, Zubak's a better player than DeMarcus Cousins at this point. You mentioned earlier in this interview, David, that Rudy Gobert with having, I guess, a lack of size around him. Guys like Jeff Green reportedly signing with the Jazz here. In your mind, have the Jazz become a, a free agent destination with some of the moves that they've been rumored to make? Man, I think for the first time ever, the Jazz got players who took less money and came to Utah. So is that a free agent destination? I, I don't really know what that means. I don't think that it actually exists, frankly. like that was People tried that with Milwaukee when they signed and Greg Monroe. That, mm-hmm. um, oh, they're free. You know, actually, the market dried up and there weren't a lot of other options. You know, Moutier came here in a sense because he's a free they are free agent destination because the jazz developmental system was so good that they wanted to be have him be a part of that so in that sense i guess you can give them credit for being a free agent destination um ed davis certainly came because you know he knows the guys involved and thought it was the right situation to be involved in and knows mike conley excuse me that was jeff green um but ed davis took two you know that's he had it on the table i think he probably had that same deal other places and then Jeff Green, I think, took less, I think, I'm not certain, um, that he could have got other places because of his attachment to Mike Conley. Mike Conley, who we can now say is a member of the Utah Jazz, mm-hmm. changed everything. That that move by the front office of Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck to make that move prior to free agency and prior to the draft changed the landscape. But they, and they had to wait it out and see if they could – take a flyer if they get Tobias or Kemba, that that could have really turned the other way for them. Uh, so the fact that they made that move early, had the good momentum going into free agency, changed how people perceived Utah as a contender in the Western Conference simultaneously to the Warriors falling apart a little bit, and I think that gave them the window to be able to sign free agents in the manner they have in the past. Uh, last thing from us, David, I, I think Jazz fans are always wondering how Donovan Mitchell can change his game and improve his game and take it to the next level. With the additions and rumored additions that the Jazz will be making, where do you see the biggest change maybe in Donovan's game, or how are these other players going to really improve what he can do on the court? Well, there'll be one thing I'm watching very early on in the season, and that is his rim rate. So he took, uh, I think, the second or third most amount of shots in the floater range, so that's in the paint, non-restricted area, and he wasn't good at it. He's one of the third or fourth worst of the guys who took the, you know, the highest volume shooters in there. He's actually one of the least good at it. Well, okay, so that's got to improve. That's part one, and that's something we've seen, seen videos of him and Mike Conley working on, and I, Mike Conley's one of the best in the world at it, both-handed. So he can teach Donovan a little bit if, if in fact, Donovan has that touch to do that, which I think he does. 
But the other thing is that a lot of the reasons why Donovan had to take those shots is because you just didn't guard Ricky Rubio, Jake Crowder, Derek Favors, or Rudy Gobert. And so there were two or three guys that he ran into, and so his only choice was to show up, throw up a five- or seven-foot floater. You know, who are you helping off now? And if you don't have someone to help off, can Donovan now sneak by the big like he did to DeMarcus Cousins in that great game in New Orleans his rookie year when they when he was able to get to the window and, you know, attack the big in that fashion? He wasn't able to do that last year in the same way. So that would be the area where I'll keep an eye on early season. Well, David, uh, we appreciate your time, and uh, thanks for making a few minutes for us here on the Saturday show. No problem. Keep up the great work, guys. Thank you. David Locke, voice of the Utah Jazz. I know. I would assume he's excited to get this season going. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, uh, David and I have a lot of fun doing the Jazz games, him, Ron, and I, and uh, Tony, of course, in the locker room. But uh, the play-by-play, it's a, fun, it's a fun gig producing those NBA games. It is a blast. And it's going to be a fun season. I think every Jazz fan – I know a lot of people are college football fans around here, Adrian, but I think at this point right now, there are a few people that would be willing to fast-forward through the fall to get to jazz basketball just because of what's going on. And yeah. I I don't think – I don't I, – and you know me, I'm a college football guy, but there's part of me that's like, get this jazz season here, let's see what's going on. Um, Some funny stuff coming out of Oklahoma City. Okay. The uh, mayor of Oklahoma oh, City, was, yeah. um, he released a statement on Twitter – and a lot of it, a lot of it is uh, <laughs> this is just so funny. It's so veiled. Yeah. Um, here it is. Uh, quote: First things first. I suppose we all have to get used to the NBA reality that stars are free agents even when they're not. It oh. is what it is. Oh, give me a. Break. As a person, PG was good to OKC. Quote mo- or parentheses. Most notably, his generosity with the youth of our community. Being a fan is nothing but a collection of memories, and as a player, PG gave us some great ones. 47 points, blah, blah, blah. All this. Uh, mm-hmm. My inclination right now is to wish him well and move on. Well, the team obviously moves into a new chapter, and PG may ultimately be our Herschel Walker. In the meantime, I'm thunder till I die, and you cannot pummel me out of the gratitude. I will always have that OKC gets to be a part of this wild ride. Hashtag thunder up. Okay. David Holt is their mayor. Yes. Well, do you know what happened 364 days ago? No. Well, this tweet I retweeted it this morning. It's now official. Paul George is here to stay. In recognition of PG-13's commitment to our city and in anticipation of the journey ahead, I am declaring Saturday, July 7th, 2018, <laughs> to be Paul George Day in Oklahoma City. That's awkward. That's tomorrow. 364 days later, he is a member of the Los Angeles Clippers. That is hilarious. All right, coming up on the other side, it's time for technical fouls here on the Saturday Show. If you're coming from the street with dirty shoes on your feet, that's a technical foul. And if you switch the radio to some modern music show, that's a technical foul. If you touch the thermostat, you'll get hit from the back. Cause that's a technical foul. You will feel my wrath. That's a technical foul. Personal foul, 69, offense. He was giving them the business. A technical foul. Welcome back to the Saturday Show. I'm Jay Catch. He's Adrian Lizer, and this is our favorite segment on the show, which is, of course, brought to you by our good friends at Stockton 12 Honda. Uh, apparently, we're going to be there next Saturday, Adrian. Excited to get back over there and visit our good friends at Stockton 12 Honda. Check them out at the Southtown Auto Mall, 10860 South State Street. Always a blast to be down there. But, Adrian, it is technical fouls where we reward people for stupid behavior, and there's quite a few out there this week. Yeah, I got a, I've got a couple. One okay. is myself. What? What did you do? Should I start us off? Yes, here? let's start us off. Um, 
I went golfing the other day. Okay. And I was frustrated with a shot. So I was walking back to the cart. And I kind of had the club in my hand, like the head of the club in my hand. And I kind of gave it a whack against the uh, the old cart. Oh, I saw your thing on Twitter. I wanted to ask you about this. And uh, I snapped my eight iron in half. Whoops. It was on accident, but uh, I did it. And uh, now I have to figure out how to get that replaced. Well, I can get it reshafted, I think. I've but. got good news for you. Okay. I have a family member that does that for, like, fun and does built everyone every every club i've ever played with oh okay so this family you know just drop it by okay i'll it's in my car so actually i'll maybe i'll just hand it to you we'll just we'll we'll just take it by papa hatch's shop that's in his basement he can take care (laughs) oh is it your dad who does it yeah he's on he's on it for years sweet like legitimately Uh, off air i will ask how much this costs (laughs) i have never so i've never played with a club that i have bought from a golf store does that make sense every club i've ever had have been built by my father for me Wow. It's kind of funny. I, I have you all the time like, so what do you play with? I'm like, I show them the brand. They're like, what brand is that? I'm like, I don't know. It's just because my dad, he's a, he's a, he can get all these deals uh-huh. from these other retailers and whatnot. He's, he's always built my clubs. Wow, best technical file I've ever had because I'm getting some repairs. <laughs> I did think it was funny, though, to see, like, because you said, like, oops or something <laughs> on Twitter. I saw half a golf club. I'm like, oh, no. What happened <laughs> it was there? not on purpose, though. That's the thing. I was like, oh, dang it. And I actually needed the club in the round. I just couldn't find it so all right well anyway we'll get you taken care of okay thanks buddy all right so uh the 2016 summer games in rio de janeiro were marked by all kinds of scandal and all stuff going on around it a lot of the venues have not been used again they're correct they've been overrun by the jungle yeah exactly well so um rio state governor sergio cabral who is serving a prison sentence of 198 and a don't worry half years 198.5 years in prison for being corrupt well hopefully he uses that half year of his life Something. Well, he is now uh, testifying in court, trying to get this sentence reduced, because what's 145 years versus 198, you know, or something like that. Well, he's saying that he paid north of $2 million to IOC, International Olympic Committee members, to get the Rio Olympics awarded to the city of Rio de Janeiro. You're telling me there's corruption in the Olympic Games (laughs) to get them places like Salt Lake City and other places? (laughs) No, I'm not saying that. Come on. No, that would never happen. No, no. It's so kind of funny to see what this is going on because yeah. the IOC has already put out a statement. Well, we are looking into these allegations and blah, 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 blah. I essentially took it as, let's see Everybody how- check your papers. <laughs> Make sure there's no trail. It's exactly it. It's, it's to see how big of the outrage is, and then they're going to respond to whatever comes out about no it. No one cares. Way to go, International Olympic Committee. Just give us Salt Lake City 2030. Okay, yeah, exactly. Right. We'll do it right this time. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's always a, like, there's always the uproar of where the Olympics are going to go, and then everyone forgets about where they were. And then we get these stories years later. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure we're going to get some, you know- Sochi news later on and things like that. You're telling me that wasn't bribed in either. So, uh, but anyway, I would, uh, I would hope that they punish somebody, but they won't. All right. Uh, technical foul on two players at the world series of poker. Oh dear. Uh, Two of them were disqualified. Here are the reasonings, Jake. Okay. One player, as he stood up, tried to steal another player's chips. What? Yep. He just tried to like grab him as, well, yeah, as he was walking away. I'm, ca- do, I'm just gonna cash these out, okay? To do like a sneaky, like scoop the whole table up with him. Is and, that a hundred thousand dollar chip? I'll just take yeah. that one. And the other one um, decided to give a full moon to everyone else at his table after he won a hand. 
Hold on. He got up and was just like. Turned around, did the old Randy Moss. <laughs> Deuces, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, that's dignity. But not, not the fake yeah. Randy Moss no, pulling his pants down. Legitimately. Guy, uh, yes. Sh- bared all. He, he, he mooned him. Okay, fair enough. All right, uh, I know we got to get to break here. I got two from Wimbledon we need to get to real quick. Though. Okay. Uh, Australia's Bernard Tomic has been fined his full Wimbledon prize money for not meeting the, quote, required professional standard, unquote, during his lackluster 58-minute first-round loss to Joe Wilfried Sanga. He was docked the maximum of 45,000 pounds, which is $56,100 in American money, uh, for essentially appearing indifferent to the result. He essentially was not chasing after shots that Joe Wilfried Sanga, who has made the round of 16, was hitting at him and just was like, Okay, give me my money, I'm out. Well, Wimbledon's like, yeah, we ain't about that. Give all your money back. Thanks, bye. So, props to you, sir. I love that they can fine you for not playing hard enough. It's pretty funny. The What was the term again? I have to look this up. The required professional standard. Oh, sorry. Yeah, required professional standard of what you have to play with at the All England Club. Hmm. Well, and of course, Coco Goff has made the headlines. The young American, the 15-year-old who's fantastic i think she's the next generation of she's tennis also star. stealing doubles partners exactly we need <laughs> to get to this and uh so uh cory coco goff is uh proved that britain's jay clark uh wants to play with coco goff in mixed doubles so he dumped his mixed doubles partner harriet dart at the last minute to play alongside goff how did he do it over text text message yeah come on bro who are you, Rory, uh, Rory McIlroy? Come yeah, on, man. Come on now. Let's. You can at least say, hey, guess what? I got this starlet over here. He's got all the cameras all over the world mm-hmm. focused on her. I want to play with her. Sorry. Kind of a Deutsche Bank move, period. And also that uh, girl, she couldn't get a new partner. Yes, exactly. She didn't have enough time, so she doesn't even get to play. She's not in the tournament anymore. So, yeah, Coco Goff. Breaking up mixed mixed doubles partners, apparently. Yep. All right, coming up on the other side, we've got more of the show with surprises and all that coming up next here on the Saturday Show.